You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I've tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH-balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Second second Um, We have a very, I would say, informative and educational podcast. Well, you know what? I think it's actually going to be just very practical. We have an amazing guest today, Laura Doyle, which, by the way, I feel like your name is just, you're, you have a famous name. Like, I just, like, I feel like w- when you were born, they were like, what should we name our daughter? It's Laura Doyle. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds right. so perfect. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I love it. That is a unique introduction. I have never been introduced with my famous name as educational. So I love yeah. it. I love that. I just feel like it sounds so professional. It's it's like Lord Oil just flows. You came out of the nice. womb as a professional. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three piece. Good morning, America, <laughs> dateline, time. You yeah. name you name it. They said. Yeah. Oh, resume, Laura Doyle, we'll interview her. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. look at her name. And, you must and know it, what she's talking about. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I actually I wasn't born Laura Doyle. I was, I'm, I'm married. So I changed my name. Famous. Now the world knows Laura Doyle. Perfect. That's right. As, That's as right. It, was it Laura Mills before? Is that what you said? Laura Mills. That's really yeah. good. Laura Mills. You couldn't Maybe. go wrong. No. Laura I know. Mills, Laura Doyle. <laughs> things are just going to work out for you, Laura. Nobody said, hey, Ryan Ostafi, Brittany Ostafi, those are going to be famous names. Like, who the hell are those guys? <laughs> anyway, Laura, can you do Make us a happen. favor and just um, tell everybody, tell our listeners what you're about, what we're going to talk about today, um, sure. and just, yeah, go for it. So I was the perfect wife, and then I got married, and, you know, yeah. But anyway, I <sighs> thought that I could 
really improved my husband. I mean, he was great. He was like so handsome and smart and funny and talented. And then I thought, and now I can work with him from here and show him how to be more ambitious and more tidy. And, um, you know, just, I was just going to help improve him. And, uh, that wasn't working out at all. In fact, he was avoiding me and, um, you guys are probably not wondering why, but I was wondering why I was really confused about that at the time. And, I thought, well, I know what to do. Everyone knows what to do. Obviously, I'm going to bring him to marriage counseling. The counselor will fix him. And then I can finally be happy because I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And um, that didn't work. So we, I remember I was sitting on the marriage counselor's great couch when I realized, actually, because we've been going for over a year, I thought, this is hopeless. Like, he's never going to change. And I'm either going to spend the rest of my life in a loveless marriage or I'm going to have to get divorced. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I would get divorced because I just didn't really see any hope for the situation. But there was this one problem, and that was that um, I was too embarrassed to get divorced. People had been to the Ooh. wedding just not that many years before. I didn't want to have to return those gifts. And um, so I thought, well, as a last-ditch effort, I'm going to ask women who have happy marriages, and if they've been married for an eternity, which for me was 15 years, if they've been married for a really long time like that, then I'll I'll find out their secrets, and I'll just experiment with them in my marriage. And uh, <laughs> it was not even that long afterwards. I walked through the door and my husband's face lit up. He was happy to see me again. Mm. And I thought, okay, something's working here. I'm onto something. And so I started, um, uh, you know, I think feeling really hopeful, like I'm going to be able to fix this. I'm going to be able to have that marriage I dreamed of. And uh, I decided I'm going to recruit some of my friends who are also complaining about their marriages and we're all going to do this together and that's going to keep us motivated and it totally worked we were having these women were reporting miracles so um somebody said can you write down what we're doing for my cousin in florida and i'm like yeah sure i can do that and that ended up being my first book which went to the new york times bestseller list was published in 19 languages in 30 countries we accidentally started this worldwide movement of women that practice these six intimacy skills Yeah, I'm on a mission to end world divorce. I don't want any other woman to suffer not knowing the things that I didn't know because my parents are divorced. So I was following this failed recipe and I was getting the same results. It sounds (laughs) very manipulative. Um, yeah, no, in the best way. Okay, before we get to hey, that, listen, if it's manipulative and it ends divorce, I'm all for it. But anyway, let's about fix us. let's fix marriage and divorce. Let's yeah. let's ju- let's dive into it. So before the podcast, we were having a conversation, and you said there are six steps to solving the world's problems. <laughs> right. In, exactly. Well, marriage. you know what? Here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say. If you solve your problems inside the house, if everyone solved their problems inside their house, I can almost guarantee you that the problems outside of the household would not be nearly as big because people take their house stuff outside and then they react to all the stuff that's going on out there that was actually happening at home. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to bet that if you can solve the divorce problem, we can solve a lot of the world's problems as well. So I'm joining you on this mission. It's so, thank you. Because it is so true. Like you think about it, like, you know, the, the, if you've got a strong family, that's, you're going to strengthen your community, strengthen your community, strengthen your country, strengthen the country, strengthen the world. So it really, the world depends on these uh, thriving marriages. And I just think like women that really 
throw themselves into learning about it and really growing and developing themselves, they can have a better marriage. I think the world needs more women like that. So we can Mm -hmm. solve all these problems. I like the idea of the women solving all of the problems. Yeah, we do. So like casual casual to say it's every Every day. That's just, it sounds like we just right? have to show up in this one. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm in. Okay. So let's, let's dive naps. into the six. Oh. Let's dive into the six. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Are there subtitles? Like, can you tell us the six and then we'll go through them for like individually? Um, I could, but it, that would be likes reading the I end wouldn't of the recommend book. it. Yeah. No, I just, I just yeah, like just... having a synopsis. So, <laughs> so the first one is to, uh, I, I call it, uh, replenishing your spirit. So, and what that means is, so as women, I think a lot of us were raised like in order to be a good wife, you have to like make his breakfast and do his laundry and like make sure, you know, the kids get wholesome food and yeah, all that stuff. Right. And then we're exhausted and then we're cranky. And then he comes home and we were like, Oh my God, I had a terrible day. And we haven't done anything fun for ourselves. And so I'm, I go around like asking women, like, yeah, what are 20 things that bring you joy that are frivolous fun that just fill you up? And they're like, I don't know. I've been thinking about, you know, my job and my family and I forget what I like to do. And mm-hmm. like I have this one student who I was recently saying, like, I had to really think back, like, what did I used to like? And she's like, baton twirling. So now she puts on her music and her crazy music is playing. And she's like out in the garage twirling her baton, you know, for fun. I love to play volleyball. So I do a lot of that. Or it could just be a walk or a nap. It could be stand up, you know, paddle boarding, whatever it is, you know, playing with your cat. It can be anything that fills you up. And um, we just ask that women do at least three things a day so that they can be happy because it turns out you actually can't have a happy relationship unless you are happy. Turns out. <laughs> what a thought. <laughs> what a thought, right? Sounds obvious when I say that, say it that way. So, but I like that we have like a structure for it too. It's like you can make a little check mark next to it. Mm-hmm. I did these three things a day to make myself feel better. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Hey, Ryan. Yes? You stink. Um, okay. I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits, to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. 
and the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. So what I'm, what I'm hearing in this is the, the onus, the responsibility for happiness is on the individual, not the relationship. Yes, of course. Yes. And the, and the, um, the uh, conclusion that you have or the hypothesis that you have is that if you take care of your happiness, that happiness will shift into your relationship. Exactly. I and like it, there's so many contradictions in marriage, right? Because I also, I've asked thousands of men, how important is it to you that your wife is happy? So I'm, I'm going to have to ask you right here on the spot. Let me, let me hear. Well, how important is it to you? I would say happy? that um, I would say that it's probably a priority for me, if not the priority for me, uh, because if she's not happy, my internal dialogue kicks in that I'm not enough mm-hmm. and that I'm not doing enough. So uh, her happiness, her happiness is the green light check mark that I'm doing a good job. Yes. So I love that answer. And honestly, of the thousands of men I've asked, they all say the same thing. Like you said, it's really high, most, uh, if not the most important thing, I think you said, yeah, which is that, I mean, that's what they all say. Oh, it's everything is the most important thing in the UK. They say it's imperative. So um, men are wired for uh, to make us happy. Mm-hmm. And yet if so, if we're going around being miserable, first of all, we're miserable. That's no good. And second of all, he feels like he's failing. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a big issue right there. As you saw that solve a lot of problems. You know, talking to people over the past year through the pandemic, a lot of people have gone through a lot of struggles um, in this past like 18 months, just because it's been really trying on a lot of marriages, like the dynamics of the household have changed. Everyone's like in close quarters. And I've really noticed a lot of people saying, you know, like I wasn't I wasn't happy in that. Like that was on me. Right. But I was putting so much pressure on my spouse to make me happy. And like that doesn't work. Right. Like you have to work on yourself or it's not going to work as a unit. So I just I like that one, too. 
Okay, yeah. number two. Number two. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the second one is um, that I know this was definitely true for me and it's true. You know, it's proven true for tens of thousands of my students also. And that is that we're like too helpful. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we're going to like from the beginning of my story, I was going to help them be more ambitious and help them be tidier. And I used to say things like, um, you know, how about if you ask for a raise or maybe get her, I'd tell him, you know, what he can do at work to do better. Mm-hmm. And, and really in wife language, I'm being helpful in husband language. I'm being critical mm. because the most important thing to him is that I see him as smart and capable and competent. Uh, and that's why I married him. And, and I do think he's all those things, but I also think I can improve him sometimes. Cause I, I have this little jingle in my head, like I know better than he does in this situation. You know, I have this helpful advice and I'm going to you know, bestow upon him, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a little mm-hmm. bit of a, a superiority complex uh, that I had going. And so um, when you drop the helpfulness and then use that excess energy to focus back on your own happiness, like double plus good right there, because he starts to feel um, more respected, which is we'll get into the third thing. And just, I'm kind of yeah, glad I, I, feel like, I feel like that. Um... And I don't feel like this because you when when I come to you with a problem, I'm coming to you not to vent. I am coming to you because I want to I do want to vent, but I also want feedback. But I will say that and this is so archaic, like so old school way of looking at it. But I still think as gender roles, traditional gender roles, we have this masculine energy that exists that gets demasculated when our spouse tells us how to do the thing that we're responsible for. Totally. I know. Yeah. I developed this cheap phrase that was super helpful to me and, and my students like it quite a bit too. In fact, I'll tell you a good story about it. Um, When my students used it. So she was the, the chief financial officer of a really huge private school. So she knew her numbers and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was like um, using the skills that she used at work kind of at home too. She was like managing her husband, like helping him like with the budget and like not to overspend and you know, whatever. And it was her marriage was in big trouble. She, they'd been sleeping in separate beds for six months. It was her second marriage. And she was kind of right on the brink of thinking like, this is going to end because she'd been going to counseling by herself every week for a year. And she said, yeah, every week I was complaining about my husband. And by the way, no one ever got happier by complaining about their husband for an hour a week. That does not work. Don't recommend it. (laughs) Um, But she, so she got a hold of um, my first book and she decided she was going to use this cheat phrase. So she was just like waiting for her opportunity. And he comes in and goes, "Um, I need you to tell me what you want me to do with the cell phone plan. And she was like, oh, she goes, uh, whatever you think. Like, you know, you can handle it. And he looks at her funny, like, no, I don't want to be in trouble later because I, you know, I didn't do this the thing. Yeah. yeah, this is a <laughs> test. Is this a test? He was like, no, I, I really need you to tell me what to do here. You want to feel her wrath later. So she just repeated it. She said, oh, no, whatever you think. And then she added, I trust you. So he went away and took care of the cell phone plan. She was afraid he was going to screw it up, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, he did fine, right? So that night he came over and just 
put his hand on her shoulder and said, you are so nice today. And tears just rolled down her cheeks. They slept in the same bed that very night. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's something here. And she fired her counselor. She came to train with me. And um, that was like 19 years ago. She still gets tears in her eyes when she talks about how wonderful her husband is and how tragic it would have been to end that marriage because she just didn't have the right skills and tools available to her. Right. That's cool. That's cool. I like it. Powerful. All right. So what is number three? Number three is respect. And, and by the way, this crosses with another topic we're talking about just before the show, but I'll just talk about how, um, so for me, this was just a very tricky one because my female brain does not see respect the same way men see it. So that example, like where she was saying, whatever you think, I trust you that landed as respect for him. He's like, Oh, she thinks I'm confident. She thinks I'm smart. Whereas we're just thinking, well, I'm just being helpful telling him I I want the unlimited data or whatever, or don't get the plan with the, whatever I'm just being, that's back to the helpful thing. And so, um, so there's this cheat phrase that when women hear it, they like cannot stop throwing up. They're like, I am not going to say that. Talk about old fashioned. This is awful, but it's actually kind of magical. And I'll I'll tell you a little story. Even after all these years of practicing these skills, I'm not perfect yet. So I'll send you a postcard if that ever happens. Right. But um, so we were out to dinner at a swanky restaurant and it's Saturday night and like everything's buzzing, like the bar, they're laughing over there. There's music and the waiters are zipping back and forth. And we were having a nice time. And then my husband's saying something about work. And then I said something critical about one of his clients, like, oh, you like, you shouldn't give them priority treatment or whatever. Like just kind of trying to tell him what to do, really. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like the music stops, the bar goes quiet. Like the waiters, like everything just stops. Our good time is over. My husband gets this, this look on his face, like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what? I'm like, was that disrespectful? Because I'm not ready to be accountable yet. And he goes, yeah. "Yeah." And I'm like, oh. And I go, I apologize for being disrespectful when I criticized your client just now. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then all of a sudden, like, our good time is back. Like he gets, he's like all relaxed and happy again. The waiters are back and the bar is laughing and the music is back and our good night got to carry on, you know, just like it was instead of maybe in the old days, right. It could have been like, what all I said was, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't blah, blah, blah. Right. We could have gotten into, maybe we could have gotten into the car and had a big fight. There you go. I find yeah. I, just the word disrespectful. Um, I don't like just for me, I know that it's your language that you use. Maybe it's just not the language. I wouldn't say it's disrespectful. It certainly is like a conversation stopper though. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, where do I go from here now? Like a buzzkill, a little undermining, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, okay, great. So I guess I'm done talking about this. There's a little bit of a questioning of his competence, right? Like he's bang on, bang on. Yeah, and so, and but that doesn't land as disrespect for you. I wouldn't say disrespectful. It's just for me, maybe it is disrespectful. I don't think it's disrespect. I don't think. See, for me, disrespectful is an intentional thing. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I I would say that it's a it's an. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. it's not an yeah. effective form of communication. Let's put it that way. But I, w- it doesn't land as disrespectful to me because just, my wife's just not disrespectful. Yeah, to me. That's, that's lucky. That's fantastic. It's like, yeah. ig- it's like ignorant 
um, nagging or advice or whatever, because it's yes. not, it's an innocent yes. comment maybe, right? Like, yeah, that's great. That's how it, that's how it lands. That's yeah. exactly how it lands. Yeah. <laughs> so I, nobody really wants to be like a nag, right? That's not nothing you aspire to be as a little girl. Like when I grow up, I'm going to nag my husband. Yeah. yeah right. You know what, so. going, going back to what you said at the very beginning, when you asked me, is it important that she's happy? Of course, it's important that she's happy. It's my job. I find that it's part of my job to make her happy. It's part of my job to do X, Y, and Z. And part of my job job is to be successful over here. So when my wife or anyone else for that, it doesn't even have to be my wife, but it's always my wife because it's who I talk to on a regular basis. When I'm sharing an experience at work that I'm supposed to be the one that's got it together and it's overlaying of like, yeah, but you could have done it this way. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. All right, well, why don't you do that job then? <laughs> you it feels I mean? terrible, right? Like, okay, yeah. well, I don't know what to do with this anymore. So I guess we're done talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. kind of deflating. and Deflating. Yeah. deflating. I wouldn't find it disrespectful, but very deflating. Deflating, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, so let's jump into number four. Number four cool. is um, where uh, my husband would uh compliment me like we'd wake up in the morning go oh, you look so beautiful and i'd be like no shut up i you know like my hair's a mess or whatever and i would argue with him or he would um buy me flowers and i'd be like oh that's nice but you know how much were they you know that was kind of expensive like can we afford these and mm-hmm. uh, or he would offer to help me carry something and i'd be like no i've got it you know i was a terrible receiver oh my gosh i'm getting a little bit of a visual reaction over here yeah, i'm listening me. That's you. Okay. So it turns out I was a lousy, lousy receiver. And what I've learned is that really cost me a lot of the intimacy and connection in my marriage because my husband wants to be able to delight me. Like that's, he considers that his job to, to um, give me special treatment. And if I can't receive it, it's almost like a um, the analogy I like to use is like a coffee cup where um, we were talking about the masculine and feminine, or you could call it yin and yang, right? Roles where the with the coffee cup, the ceramic part with the handle, that would be like the masculine or the yang. And then the part that can receive the coffee, that's the feminine part, the yin. Ooh, and like if, if the coffee camp cup can't receive coffee, if there's no place to put coffee in, then the yang has no purpose, right? That mm-hmm. cup has no purpose. My rule for myself, the thing that I try to strive for is to just like, if he compliments me, just say thank you instead of shut up or, you know, whatever. Oh, I, I, I don't do that. Oh, like, God, I don't Laura. say shut up. I'm like, I don't do that. I don't dismiss your verbal compliments, but I 100% will be like, because Ryan is very, he wants to do trips. He wants to go places. And I'm like, is it in the budget? <laughs> right, right. Like I am yeah. immediately, and I can see how deflating that would be and how borderline disrespectful. Oh no, but I, I really get that. I understand that. Do you? His intent. <laughs> you uh, I hope you get it. I get that your intent is tr- is truly and solely just, just to make on, me happy. Yeah. Thank, right. you, thank you, Laura Doyle. <laughs> this is it. No, and I'm admitting to it. I'm not saying that I don't do that. I 100% am guilty of not being a great receiver. Hey, it could be worse. I could be a shitty giver and then you get nothing. So actually, actually, I will say this. Um, it's better to receive than to give, especially as the wife, as the in, right? In the relationship. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, I don't think, in fact, um, 
I remember I wrote this blog once about how the best thing you give your husband for Valentine's Day is nothing, but just say thank you for whatever he got you. Because yeah, yeah, there, there you just go. really is something about um, they want to. I mean, I, I mean, back me up here or, or call me out if I'm wrong, but I think my husband takes actually more enjoyment from seeing that I was delighted. Like he took me out for a nice dinner and I was happy or, oh, yeah. or he killed the spider for me or, you know, that, and that, and he got to be my hero. I can trigger his hero gene. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When you, it, you, it's a hundred percent accurate. It is so accurate. It's not even funny. Like I'm sweating here thinking about like, when can I have a turn to talk about this? Okay. So, so here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> there is nothing more frustrating. You know, you're going back to the, the example that you gave uh, for your high-performing friend who, who allowed her husband to do the cell phone plan. When I look at a trip, for instance, and, uh, or whatever it is that I want to purchase for, for Brit and for me, I've already budgeted for it. I already know how much it's going to cost. I already know that I've earned X amount of dollars to pay for it. I've already done the math. I wouldn't be looking at these things if I didn't do those things. So when I say to her, hey, let's go to California, and she says to me, is it in the budget? What she's saying to me is, you haven't done the homework. Yes. Yeah. When I've done the homework, I've done the work, and now I want to spoil her, and, and what it and what it does immediately is, is like, oh, I guess she doesn't want to go to California. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also, uh, also Ryan's like, Ryan is the spender. So I just wanted to put that in there. He does go. But regardless, but whether I'm the spender or I'm the saver, I, I certainly I'm have already looked at the budget. Your no, I know. But what it tells me is that she doesn't trust. It really does. Now that I'm, now I'm seeing this, what it really tells me is that she doesn't trust my judgment on our spending. Hmm. Yeah, I I know. From I mean, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. And he he, he you can't treat her like what's what can you? Uh, and she's got all the power in this situation in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, when you block the receiving, right? You you're the one that's in control, so to speak. Because now he can't take you to California because you mm-hmm. for whatever reason, right? And this kind of dovetails into. Um, this this other thing we talk about, which is uh, one of the things I see with all of the students, and it certainly was true with me, is we don't always know what we want, and we're not or we're not willing to say what we want because it was trained out of us as kids. You know, you go to the store and say, "Mom, I want this, I want that," and they're like, "You know, okay, stop it. I want to hear about yeah. what you want right now." And um, so I have a super embarrassing story about this, which is um, before we were married, my husband took me to Hawaii on this romantic getaway, uh, which I did receive, thankfully. And um, I was so excited on the first day. I thought, we're going to go to the beach. I can't wait to go to the beach. And he said, instead of saying, I want to go to the beach, I said, so what do you want to do? And he goes, well, let's go see a volcano. And I was like, oh. so and it was awful because I if you can't say what you want, you're never going to get what you want. Right. So I just feel so sad for that younger version of me who just had no concept of how to express a desire, let alone in a way that would inspire my husband. Really Mm -hmm. all I had to do was say, I would love to go to the beach because you know what he did after that? He took me to the beach, even after I behaved so badly. And so this, this combo of being able to um, express your desires purely, not manipulation, not demand or expectation, but, and then also being able to receive them graciously on the other side, just say, thank you yeah. and take them in, even if it feels uncomfortable has been pretty magical. Um, not just for me, but I see it with my students again and again. 
I like number four. That's good. I'll work on that. <laughs> I like number four. I'll just ask for more stuff too. <laughs> so we've got two more and I have one really important question. If you, <laughs> listen, hammer five, let's I'll hammer be, five. Yeah, let's okay. hear it. So number five is about, um, <laughs> instead of like what I used to do, which would be uh, like, for instance, uh, I would I would get my hands on my hips like this. And I go, you know, the average couple has sex uh, two and a half times a week and we haven't done it for like two weeks. So I think we should have sex. And I thought he was going to jump off the couch and just sweep me into the bedroom. And that just never, that never happened. And so I had like all this, these demands that I was making and what I never showed up with, unfortunately, rarely, because it felt scary was my vulnerability. Mm. And so I have all these cheap phrases. Um, we've touched on a couple of cheap phrases. There's like over 20 cheap phrases that we rely on to like, kind of like with the way you teach kids to say please and thank you to kind of put their hearts right. in the right place. So an example would be like, um, let's say we've both been busy and working and stuff and I haven't seen him in a while. You know, the old way would be like, you know, you never spend any time with me or we need to spend some time together or whatever. And that's super not attractive, right? It might as well be like a porcupine wife at that point. Like I am not inspiring him like, oh yeah, I can't wait to yeah, spend time with you. But if I just um, show up and be like, like happy to see him, right? Mm -hmm. Hi. And then like, I miss you. That's like a little more vulnerable. And so there's, and I'm just giving you this one little tiny example. And that's a problem with all these skills that we're going through. I'm only giving little tiny bits. Maybe that's why I don't mind going through all six. I know there's so much more to all of them, but um, just uh, showing up with that vulnerability and uh, especially in the bedroom too, um, really like letting my husband pursue me and being receptive there is mm -hmm. a, another kind of another aspect of step four. Um, but that can feel vulnerable also. And this one student tells a story about how um, she had gotten her um, new uh, like uh, outfit from Victoria's Secret or whatever. So she was like in the mood. So she just like put that on and then she was like reading her Oprah magazine or something like, okay, it's just a regular day. I'm just happening to be wearing this outfit or whatever, but she felt vulnerable. Like it's like, what's he going to do? And yeah. then he came and just like knocked the magazine out of her hands, like just boom, you know, like that. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, and even men, she's felt vulnerable because she could have been like, hey, hey, I was reading that, you know, but it really uh, she was getting the desired effect. But it's just so tempting to kind of put up your guard and it feels so scary to let it down. And yet that vulnerability is what creates the fascination that leads to lifelong commitment. Right. I like, uh, I like it. And you had mentioned earlier before we got on this podcast an aphrodisiac is the aphrodisiac that you mentioned uh victoria's secret lingerie right? <laughs> it, it's not no because oh, totally that works not. for me <laughs> it works for you okay so you had me at victoria's secret lingerie i mean it definitely can be uh it's a sign that you're receptive and you like receptivity because receptivity is the essence of femininity mm. so that's you want to be more feminine and that's what men are most attracted to right is femininity you want to be more attractive be more feminine but um but no the best aphrodisiac was number two respect oh yeah if they if the physical intimacy has gone missing in the relationship. Chances are very good that um, he's not feeling respected. And um, a lot of times I know this was true for me. Like I had sort of become more like my husband's uh, smother mother and less like his lover. Cause I always was telling him what to do. Right. Like mm -hmm. uh, in fact, he, before we met, he dated a teacher 
And he said, it was a third grade teacher. So she's with eight year olds, right? So she would say to him, go sit down, put that away. Okay, now it's time for the, right? It was not very attractive and he broke up with her. Uh, So, and I was, I was heading down the same road, just kind of being um, motherly. So when, when the, when that's gone, it it was a sign I was not respecting him. I thought I was his mom. I love it. I I love it. Respect turns men on. All right, number six. Last six. I know we're running okay. out of time. The, okay, well, it's the gratitude scale, which is, and I know the the quickest explanation I can give is the power of the spouse fulfilling prophecy, and this is the art of counting your blessings in your marriage instead of your curses, which might explain why I kind of failed on the um, "I love you, you're so annoying" test you didn't uh, because fail. this is a no, practice of mine, right? So, uh, so I'll give you a quick example. So when um, I would remember I was going to try to make my husband more ambitious. And I was telling him like, why don't you ask for a raise? And I was helping him with his resume, like mom would probably do. And, uh, and the subtext of that was you don't make enough money. And Mm -hmm. I'm so good at manifesting what I focus on that he stopped making any money. That's just how good I am. As I mean, not just me, but all of us really, whatever you focus on is going to increase. And Mm -hmm. so I was seething with resentment that I was the only breadwinner at our house. And, um, and then I heard this message from Lee Miltier about, uh, she was doing a course on auto suggestion long ago. And this woman went to her course and got really clear that, so auto suggestions, when you say things to yourself, right? Like I ran a marathon or I have a successful business, things that you want to be true. So this woman left the course and realized she'd been using auto suggestion with her husband in a way that was not what she wanted because her husband had a bad temper and she would be, she'd reinforce it. She'd be like, Oh my gosh, you always lose your temper. That's just like you. You need to learn to control your temper. Right. And so of course he kept doing it. So she left Lee Miltier's course and thought to herself, I'm going to change that up. And so she waited for her husband to lose his temper. She did not have to wait very long. And then she said, that's not like you to lose your temper. And he looked at her kind of funny, like what? And then their 12 year old son said, yes, it is mom. (laughs) He always loses his temper. And then she decided she was just going to stick with her guns. She's like, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to experiment. So she kept doing it. And not that long after that, they were at a restaurant and the service was really slow. And the husband started to fume. He's like, I have a good mind to call the manager over here and let him know how long we've been waiting. And then he stopped himself and he goes, that's not like me to lose my temper, is it? And she just about fell out of her chair, right? Mm-hmm. But what we expect is what we get from other people. They live up to our expectations. So I heard that and I thought, well, I got to change this up with my husband. So I thought, I'm going to just start telling him that he's always been a good provider, which was true. And then just for fun, I'm going to just start calling him Mr. Moneybags. So I did that too. And around that time, He started his own company. He'd never done that before. He'd had jobs, never had his own company. And this company was more, he was more successful than he'd ever been at the other jobs. And he had that company for like 20 years. So, I mean, maybe that was a coincidence, but to this day, I still call him Mr. Moneybags. He'll get a big check in the mail. I'll go, Mr. Moneybags can take me to sushi tonight. And he's like, yeah, you know, So so it's the spouse fulfilling prophecy is, you know, 
under the gratitude scale. There's much more to it, of course, but want to give you a little bit of inspiration. I like this. I like it. I'm seeing layers upon layers upon layers of of manipulation in such a positive way. <laughs> yes, yes. Us I love men, it. I love are, that you us call men, manipulation. Us yeah. men are so, now that I see this because as you talk, I'm like, yep, that would work. Yep, that would work. <laughs> we are such simpletons. Well. Oh my God. Us men are so simple. Like we're so simple. You just need to be validated. You need to be respected. You need sandwiches. Sandwiches. No, no, no point in time. In fact, she said, don't do the sandwiches. I was just, yeah. Wow. We are so, we are so simple, but I can see how every one of those things would work. Laura, would you like to uh, briefly just tell everybody what your book is called and where they can find it? Sure. And, And your website too. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, you know, if you want a detailed explanation of all of these skills, it's all laid out step-by-step in the book, The Empowered Wife, which is six surprising secrets to attracting your husband's time, attention, and affection. So you can get all that there. And, um, or if you just want to, you know, put your toe in the water, we have something kind of cool going on right now uh, on the website, which is lauradoyle.org. You can download the free adored wife roadmap that also lays out the six skills and the three top mistakes that women are making trying to get their husband's time, attention, and affection. Well, realistically speaking, that's all we ever really want is time, attention, and affection. That's why she wrote a book. Right? Like think about what think about why you would get married. You want you want someone's time, attention, and affection. Like that's it. That's it. You just want to be number one bestseller for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because of the last name, Brent. Oh yeah, Doyle. 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 Laura Doyle. Laura Doyle, the famous Laura Doyle. Laura Doyle, thank you so much for your time, your energy, and your attention. Oh, thank I changed you. it a little bit. I changed it a little <laughs> well, bit. Copyrighted, so yeah. Maybe I wasn't so as affectionate good. as I should have been, huh? It's okay. So good. That's incredible. There's uh, there's no doubt about thank it. This you. is why you're a New York Times bestselling author. It has nothing to do with your name. That doesn't hurt, but it has nothing to do with your name. Incredible. Oh, thank you so, you so much. much. This has been a pleasure. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.